Well, good morning. Would you pray with me as we enter into a time of looking at God's word? Would you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, God, be holy and pleasing to you in this place and in this moment. Amen. Several weeks ago, I had the opportunity to go to an event called CHIC, which stands for Covenant High in Christ. And uh, I had that opportunity with nine of our students from this church, but also with uh, about 5,600 other Covenant students from around the country. Uh, and we, entered, we went to this time at the University of Tennessee. And uh, I, wish I, I wish you could have experienced uh, what we experienced in that place. I wish you could have saw 5,600 students worshiping and praising God. I wish you could have seen uh, them as we took an offering uh, for Africa, to, for this small village, so that they could build a hospital and so they could build a school. And that offering totaled over $100,000. I wish you could have seen as students were packing meals uh, as part of their excursions. They were packing meals. Uh, 50, or 560,000 meals were packaged and sent to this village. That's roughly enough to feed 1,600 people for a year. What an amazing experience we had in Tennessee. And part of that uh, was this theme that, that we experienced throughout the week. And the theme was, No Ordinary Day. And some of that discussion it involved us as no ordinary people because of what Christ has done in our lives. Over and over in Scripture, we see God take ordinary people and do amazing and, and extraordinary things through them. So as I was thinking about what, what could I share uh, this week as I got this opportunity, what could I share with you uh, that, that would be significant? And, and the passage that kept coming back to me uh, was this passage uh, of Moses in Exodus chapter 3. Moses, I, I love Moses. He's this regular guy who, who, who has doubts. He has doubts sometimes about, about what God is telling him to do. He asks a lot of questions, but he also has, has more significant doubts about his own abilities and what he is able to do. But he also reacts in extraordinary ways in obedience to God. So this morning we're going to look at Exodus 3, verses 1 through 5, from the message at first, from the paraphrase of the message, the story of the burning bush. But also this is referred to as the call of Moses, where God reveals himself to Moses in this most unique and extraordinary way. So if you have your Bibles and you'd like to turn with me to Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, again, I'll be reading this first part from the message, and it says this. Moses was shepherding the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the west end of the wilderness and came to the mountain of God, Horeb. The angel of God appeared to him in flames of fire blazing out of the middle of a bush. He looked. The bush was blazing away, but it did not burn up. Moses said, what is going on here? I can't believe this. This is amazing. Why doesn't the bush burn up. God saw that he had stopped to look, and God called to him from out of the bush. He said this, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, yes, here I am. God said, don't come any closer. Remove your sandals from your feet, for you are standing on holy ground. Now we're going to unpack that in, in a little bit, but in reading this experience of Moses, 
I ask you this question. Have you ever expected something and got something else? You know, what? maybe a Christmas present or something? You've expected something and you got something else? Expected something ordinary and got something extraordinary? When I was little, I was eight years old, and uh, I was involved in a, in a t-ball league, which I don't know if any of you have been involved in, in t-ball or little kid sports, but, man, I, I love t-ball. And I was on the gray team, and we were playing the blue team. And throughout the year, this was the last game of the year, throughout the year, each of us got to play different positions. And, of course, I, I really wanted to play catcher. Not, not because it was a cool position, but because you got to wear, like, the cool mask, and you got to wear, like, the cool pads and all that stuff. And, and if you know t-ball at all, obviously the catcher does not have a lot to do. You look really good, but you don't have a lot to do. So my job, basically, was to take the ball and stick it on the tee. That was, that was my job. And uh, I thought, I, I, could, I can do that. I'm pretty good. In fact, that's way better than them putting me in, in right field where I'd miss the ball totally, right? So I was pretty excited about playing catcher and having this be my job for this game. Well, again, we were playing the blue team, and they were the best team in the uh, you know, semi-pro t-ball league that I was in. And, and we were playing, and, and this kid comes up. And uh, we were winning. It was, I, I think we were winning by, by just a couple of runs, and there were a couple guys on base. And this, this kid, I swear, he, it was an 8 to 10 year old league, but I swear he was 23 years old, all right? He looked, he had, I swear he had facial hair, and I'm not even kidding, all right? He, was, he, he came up to the plate, and I remember sticking the ball on the tee and feeling very, very sorry for the ball, right? I stuck the ball on the tee, and I said, good luck, ball, you're in trouble. And, uh, and, and this kid, this, this child man, <laughs> hit the ball, and I remember that ball just sailing, over the second base, over the outfield. And, and you know how when you're looking at little kids playing t-ball, this kid wasn't paying attention in the center field, right? He's just looking. All of a sudden, I see him go, you know, right over his head. And finally, he realizes, I have to run after, after this ball. So he starts running toward the ball. This, this he-man child starts running toward first base. He's rounding first. He's heading to second. Finally, the center fielder gets the ball. And, and, and starts to throw it in, throws it in. Of course, the kid that is supposed to cut it off misses it totally, and it rolls away. And this kid, is the, the, the big kid, is running around second, heading for third. Now, I'm realizing as this is unfolding, as I'm standing at home plate, I'm realizing something very unique and significant is going to happen. My ordinary, looking good in my catcher's uniform was about to take a drastic turn. As I saw the guy rounding third, and heading right toward me. And I finally saw the, the shortstop finally grab the ball, and the ball is heading toward me. And I realize something's got to give here, all right? And I hear out of the, out of the back of, of everything that's taking place, out of the cheering and all the things that are happening, I hear the third base coach, who obviously had seen me play uh, previously, yell at the guy traveling around third, don't worry, he can't catch the ball anyway. All right, which is build significance. Thank you for that, you know, building me up as I'm standing in front of home plate. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever had those, those moments, those slow motion moments in your life where you're like, oh dear, you know, it, it seems like it lasts forever and the sky is just running toward me and the ball is heading toward me. And at that moment, I had a couple choices. I could have just dropped everything and run away and, and let him score. But uh, I thought this is going to be my moment. This is going to be my moment. So I remember standing in front of home plate. I remember sticking my glove out. And I remember closing my eyes and praying, God, 
please let me catch this ball. And all of a sudden, I hear the thud of the ball hitting my glove. And I feel the, the uh, explosion of, this, of this, this, this kid running right through me. And dust is everywhere. And I remember just waiting as I laid there in pain on the ground, holding the ball. I remember waiting for those words that were so important to me at that moment, where the umpire yelled, you're out! And I was like, yeah, this is my moment. Children rushed onto the field. They raised me in the air. Okay, maybe not that part. But in my mind, that's what I was thinking. Like, this is, this is my moment. This is, is an ordinary thing that was taking place. But to me, it was the most extraordinary event of my eight years of existence. And I remember it so well. There's, there's also, I don't know, I, I have three kids. And... Uh, one of them, Anna, is, is, is two years old now, and she, she is going through the same stage that my other kids have, are going through, have gone through. Uh, she hides things. I don't know if you parents, if you've experienced this, but like, I'll be walking around and I realize that my daughter's like, pickpocketed my cell phone, and, and I end up to call it, and, and lo and behold, it's in the refrigerator. Or, or uh, you know, Sandy, where, where, where's my shirt? Oh, well, it's in the oven. You know, like, she'll, she'll take things and she'll hide them, and she'll put them in weird and unusual places. You, the usual is the unusual. The, ex, the, the, the ordinary is the extraordinary. My prayer is that you would expect to see God's presence in this place. That you would expect to see God's presence at your homes, at your work, at your schools. Taking God out of the box, I think we sometimes place Him in. And put Him and, and, and see that He is everywhere in our daily lives. God is everywhere. As we look throughout creation, as we're driving to work, as we're going to school, God is everywhere. And I love the scriptures as they come to life before us. I always tell students that as you're reading a passage of scripture, I, I pray that you, would, that you would put yourself in that passage, that you would try to understand what these people are experiencing, and maybe you can gain something from what they are experiencing yourself. For many of us, we've heard the story uh, of Moses and the burning bush so many times. Or we've seen some really great movies like the Ten Commandments where the bush just poofs, you know, like interesting special effects. And sometimes I think it's lost its wonder. It's lost its, its significance. But this, this is an incredible, incredible story. So I want to unpack as we go through these, these five short verses and just see how God meets Moses in this, in this extremely, extremely significant way. So as we look, let's look at uh, verse 1 of chapter 3. And it says this, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. All right, so what's happening here? Nothing too exciting, really. It's a normal day. He's tending uh, these sheep, he, he's, he's bringing them to an area where they can graze and where they can find some significant food to eat. He's keeping them safe from ending up as dinner for wild animals. Moses had probably done this hundreds of times before. In fact, there's, there's some that say he did it for over 40 years, that this was his ordinary routine. This was the way he spent his days as he, as he walked through life shepherding these sheep. Much like you and I have our ordinary days, right? We, we get up in the morning, we shower, we have breakfast, we, we go to work, 
We have lunch. We work some more. We come home, spend time with our family, and we start it all over again, right? Sometimes that's what it amounts to, this, the ordinariness of life. The text says that they came to Horeb, which is called the mountain of God. But this was probably called that later, as it is thought that this is the same place where Moses would, would uh, get the Ten Commandments. And, and so there's some interesting stuff happening on this place, in this place. Interesting things that, that are going to happen, that have happened, and that will happen as Moses kind of journeys with God in this, in this relationship. Verse 2 says, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames and fire from within the bush. Now, I don't know exactly how sudden the flames appeared. Uh, was, it like, was it like poof and there's, there's, all of a sudden there's fire? Or was there like a spark that it gradually just uh, began to, to envelop the bush as Moses got closer? Or my own like five-year-old brain, as I think about it, maybe God sent like this laser and just poof, and this, and this bush just was enveloped by these flames that, that, that God could get Moses' attention. Regardless of how the fire appeared, out of nowhere this happens and an angel of the Lord appears from within the fire on this, not, on this now not-so-ordinary day. Some believe that the angel that appeared to Moses was actually Christ himself. Can you imagine that? The, the, the future shepherd of Israel meets the, the, the future shepherd of humanity. I, I'd love to see that conversation. It's interesting that, that, that God... Regardless of, of how it happens, we have, we have fire and we have angels appearing out of nowhere. And if I'm Moses, I am freaking out at this point. I am trying to figure out what the heck is going on. But the end of verse 2 says this, Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So again, place yourself in his shoes. What would you do? At this point, okay, a bush is on fire, that's interesting enough. But the fact that now it's not burning up, the fire's there, but nothing's happening. Nothing's, the bush is not disintegrating. It's not going away. It's just there. I would be running down that mountain at a high rate of speed at this point. I don't know what you would be doing, but I, I would be pretty freaked out. Verse 3 says this, So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. That's not how I would probably react. Oh, well, I'll just go over and see this strange sight that's taking place. Why this bush does not burn up. His curiosity got the best of him. And God got Moses' undivided attention. And Moses responded, not by running away. In fact, he, he stood firm in that place. And in fact, he walked even closer to the bush. And it is in that moment that he meets with God. Verse 4, When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. There's fire. There's bushes burning, but not burning. There's audible voices. And, and what's interesting here is it's not just, he's not just saying, hey, you. He's calling Moses by name. I would have been confused. I would have been afraid by the situation that I was in. And, and I'm sure Moses was, as we read on, it talks about his confusion and what the heck is going on here. But Moses stood in that place and he answered that voice that was calling his name with three little words that I find to be incredible. Three little words that, that show the availability of, of Moses to God in that, in that situation, in, the, in, the, in this weird event that is taking place. He's available, and he says these words, Here I am. I find those words amazing. Here I am. 
He's saying, God, I am available to you. Here I am. What do you have? This is an incredible story. An ordinary day and an extraordinary event. An ordinary person being called to an extraordinary existence. And by the way, I believe that that is our story as well. Ordinary people being called to, do an, extra- being called to an extraordinary existence to follow an amazing God. In that moment, Moses became available. He said to himself, I don't know what is going on here. And this is all so unexpected. I was just tending my sheep. Man, I just wanted to tend my sheep, bring them back, and do the daily things. This is all so unexpected. But he said instead, as God called to him, he said, here I am. What do you have for me? And then God again talks to Moses in verse 5. He says this, Do not come any closer. Do not come any closer. Take off your sandals, for the place that you are standing is holy ground. And Moses did. He was available and obedient. He was curious about what was taking place. And God called him by name. And he followed that voice. But he also listened to God as as he walked closer. He listened to God as God said, stop. And he did. He was available. He was obedient. And he was ordinary. Now, of course, Moses had his ups and downs, right? If If you read on, you see that he... He had some many times where he was questioning, God, are you sure about this? This really does not make a lot of sense. Isn't that what we do sometimes? God, I'm not sure what's going on here, but you know, this doesn't make a lot of sense, so I'm going to do it this way uh, instead, and I, and I hope that's okay with you. Moses doesn't react that way in this moment. But that's, that's humanity, isn't it? We follow God, we fall, we follow God. Moses has his moments, but in this moment of his calling, he was available And he said those three words, here I am. So I ask you this question. What does God have for you this day? What does God have for you this week, this month, this year? How is he speaking to you? Are you available? Are you willing to stand before God and say, here I am? In the middle of whatever you may be experiencing in life, are you willing to stand before him and say those words, here I am? I had the opportunity a couple years ago to uh, go on a prayer retreat to Malibu, California. And I realized, you know, somebody had to go on a prayer retreat. I'll go to Malibu, you know. So I went to Malibu, and it was an amazing, amazing experience. We stayed in this monastery that, uh, that overlooked the ocean. And a beautiful area. There was gardens and, and just an opportunity to, to stand in, in God's presence in, in prayer and and we did a lot of different forms of prayer. There was centering prayer. There was journaling. Uh, there was praying through the scriptures. There were uh, lots of different things. Lots of different things. And uh, I had an experience where we got to do this thing called a prayer labyrinth. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but pretty amazing experience. I had never done it, and I remember it was this maze in the middle of the garden. And you would walk into the maze. And as you came to one of the turns, you would stop. And you would, you would just pray. Whatever God was popping into your head, or if nothing was there, you would just stand in his presence in silence and, and, and just be available to what God was saying. So as I walked through this maze, uh, at every turn I would stop. And there were other people doing this as well. And we would, we would stop at every turn and we would pray. And you would get to the middle of this, uh, of this labyrinth. There was, a, there was a circle in the middle and you would stand in the middle as you, as you finished uh, your time, 
And I remember coming into this place, and I remember standing, and, and I remember it being a beautiful day as, as the sun was shining down, and I remember taking off my sandals and standing in the dirt and just asking God for his presence. I don't know if you've ever experienced something. It's, it's even hard for me to explain. I just felt in that moment God's presence in such a powerful way. And I remember I stood there, and, and I don't know who it was, but one of the other people that was doing the labyrinth, I remember they just touched my back and kind of squeezed my back as they went by. And I remember feeling this, this connection with, with people uh, like Moses, people from the ancient church. And I remember feeling a connection with the community in which I was gathered in this place and, and in the community of the church and then looking to people who have yet to believe. And I remember just having this kind of overwhelming sense that, man, this is, this is big. This is so much bigger than I ever thought. His presence was just so overwhelming to me. And I, and I don't know, maybe, maybe I got a, a small glimpse of what Moses, Moses experienced in that moment where God's presence was just so much a part of, of that moment where, where Moses was available and he, 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 he was looking at this thing that made no sense. And yet he came and he followed and he answered in obedience to God. It was an amazing experience. You see, there was nothing special about the dirt that Moses stood upon, really. But it was God's presence in that moment. Moses stood barefoot in that place with nothing between him and God's presence. And that, avail- and that availability, that availability made it a holy and incredible moment. Here I am, God. So I challenge you, what is your burning bush? Are you missing it in the ordinary uh, things that are going on in your life? What is your burning bush? How is God trying to tap you on the shoulder? What will make you sit up and take notice of what he has for you? How is God speaking to you as an individual? He's all around us. I wanted to play this clip from, from the movie Bruce Almighty because I, I, I love that movie. And, and there's, a, there's a time where Bruce is just like driving his car. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but he's driving his car and he's, he's just so frustrated and he's asking, God, what are you doing? He's asking all these questions, right? Where are you? I don't understand. I don't see you. I, where are you? And as he's driving, you see him passing all these signs that say, stop, yield, don't go this way. And he, and he gets up behind this truck and he's just ticked off because this truck is in his way. And in the back of the truck, there's just signs everywhere that say, stop, yield, danger, don't go any further. And he goes around the truck and he ends up hitting a pole. Are we like Bruce in that movie? Are we so intent on our own understanding and our own will that we would just miss God speaking to us in the everyday existence that we have? So what is God's way of tapping you on the shoulder? Is God calling you into relationship with him? Is God calling you into a deeper uh, commitment with him? Is God calling you to be more deeply involved in this community, whether it means teaching Sunday school, whether it means being involved in youth groups, small groups, whatever that may be, what is God saying to you this morning? Look and see that God is here. Be aware of his presence in this place and in your life. I think sometimes we, we come to this place and we say, well, we're, we're going to experience God here, and then we'll just go and then come back next week and experience God. But experience him in this place and experience him in your lives. Be bold enough to say in the midst of whatever circumstance that you may be facing, 
here I am. You are a holy God, and I am not. You are in control, and I am not. What do you have for me this day? I think those are the questions that we need to ask ourselves. I love looking at, at, at things like this, this passage where Moses just experiences God. I think we have a, a lot of things that we can learn from how he reacted. My prayer for us is that we would be able to see and sense and be perceptive to God and all the things that he is doing all around us, through creation, through, through just driving to work and, and, just, and just seeing everything that he has created. We have an amazing God. We have an amazing God. And my prayer is that we could stand in front of him and say, here I am. What do you want from me? And then we would be obedient and do what he would have us do. Can you imagine if we all did that? What an amazing thing that that would be. How could we change not only this immunity, but how could we change the world? That's my challenge to you. Be aware. Be perceptive. Be open. God is everywhere. God is everywhere. Here I am, God. What do you have for me?